it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Punani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. If you sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. Striped straws are promised from me to you Cause I won't let bullshit go And I've always promised that I'll stay true So please don't try me, you hoes Insert these straws as promised And they will never leave And you can suck your mum for life, yeah (laughs) Hoes, just believe My straws are promised Oi, 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 oi Were you ready? Were you ready? For I want jagged edge, eh? I want jagged edge I want edge to jagged Ah, I want Edge to match. Wow. Now that's Jacket Edge had bangers. Bangers. Fucking hell, mates. Jacket Edge had bangers. So that was promise. Uh, well, my version of it anyway. I'm in great spirits, as you would have seen from the title of this podcast. <laughs> um, I had a wonderful conversation with Daniel Kaluuya. And Jodie Turner-Smith, and I can't wait uh, for you to hear it. But before I get into all of that, let's just do, uh, let's just do the main bits, which is uh, introduction of self. I am Kelechi, baby girl, baby girl. My name is Kelechi Okafor, and this is SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, but unofficially known as, and that's more important, it's unofficially known as what, what? That's right. Suck your mum. And I just wish that people would understand that. It just, it feels like the best inside joke. You know, when someone goes, what's the name of her, um, her podcast? And someone's like, um, officially it's called Say Your Mind. And people always forget, like people don't clock. People don't clock the officially. Like they just think well, that's random. Why would they say it's officially called such and such? Because they don't know the levels. They don't know the levels. But big up yourselves, anyone who actually says it's officially called Say Your Mind, because you've really just you you've 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 let them know without letting them know. So I appreciate it. I appreciate it greatly. Um let's get into the main bits then. First thing I want to say is bop, bop, bop. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P, BetterHelp. So if there's anything kind of interfering with your happiness or it's just preventing you from being a baby girl, baby boy, baby non-binary and just generally achieving your goals, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. And I'll be talking about that more shortly. So that's it. You know, these episodes are sponsored now because upwards ever, backwards Never Do you understand Because of all um, Of your support And all the wonderful things That you're doing With these numbers And these listens 
People are like, oh, I want to, you know, be involved in her podcast and sponsor a podcast episode and this and that. And 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 it's wonderful. You know, it's wonderful. So big up yourselves, better help. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P, better help. Um it's a brilliant service and I've been using it myself actually, but I'll talk to you about that in more depth um, in a little while, but big up yourselves because it means that these um, episodes can remain free and I can do what I want when I want. Oh yeah, baby. You already would have listened to the emergency straw episode. Please remember that there's an episode before that burner, uh, burner accounts in F um, in heaven, in heaven. So like, I've just been giving you content, like, come on, come through content queen. I've just been giving you content, but you already know what happened. The fuckery that happened when I had to record, uh, the reason I had to record the emergency straw episode. So I'm not even going to go there. So you already know that I went to the queen and slim premiere. Uh, I've seen uh, queen and slim twice now, actually, because I had to watch it ahead of my interview with Daniel and Jody. And then I was invited to the premiere. So I watched it again and it was actually interesting to watch it with another set of people to watch it with like, you know, Karma Cola cans given to me and a massive bar of chocolate given to me. Um, and I mean, the chocolate thing's really weird. I'm going to go off on a tangent now. You know how I usually do. Sometimes I listen to these episodes and I'm like, Kletcher, you didn't even finish your first sentence. Like the first thing you were talking about, you've now ended up somewhere else. Um, I have cut back on sugar. I usually do this. I'm not a, I'm not a sugar head generally. I haven't got a sweet tooth. I, I, sugar generally makes me sick. Like sweet things make me feel ugh. But I feel like once uh, Lev arrived, I was having way more. I was having way more sugar. I think uh, maybe like a short, sharp energy boost type thing, but I didn't feel good. It didn't feel nice. Like it makes me feel um, anxious actually. And so does caffeine. So I don't tend to have caffeine or um, sugary things. So I've cut back on it and I just feel so much better. But yo, that chocolate bar that they gave us at that Queen and Slim premiere at Rich Mix. Ooh, it was a vibe. It was a vibe. It was salty, which is what I like in the chocolate with the caramel pieces. It was cute. It was very cute. Um, I don't know why I thought to share that, but yeah, generally I'm just not fucking with sugar. I can't be asked. It's not nice. It's icky. It doesn't make me feel good. Um, and I'm recording this. If I sound bright, if I sound energetic, it's simply because I've been doing bits. You know, when I've been cooking, I always have a next type of energy. So today I made some fresh pesto sauce um, mixed with, and then I um, used it to coat my gnocchi. Uh, and then I made some suya spiced chicken, like a uh, baby chicken. I made that as well. And currently my puff puff is rising. If you don't know what puff puff is, go and look it up. But um, it's it's rising in a bowl and then I'm going to fry it shortly. Uh, I use coconut palm sugar for that, actually. Where is my fucking cookbook? You know, where is my cookbook? Where are my things? Where are my things? Because we know that I deserve. So where are my things? But I just love cooking. It's just, it's therapeutic. It makes me feel great. Um, so there's that. So I'm, so I'm doing all of those bits. Actually, I feel like I would like to go on a cooking show. I don't know if I've said this before, but I just feel like the problem with me going on a cooking show is that if they, if they talk wreck about my food, we're going to have a problem. So all of this stuff where they're like, Oh, I just feel like the, the beef is a bit overcooked. 
I'm going to answer. Wow. Wow, Marco. So you think the meat, the beef is overcooked. Well, next time, you know what I'll do? I'll just drag the cow in here. The, 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 the cow, keep it alive. Just drag it in here. Crack some salt, crack some pepper right on top of the live cow while it's mooing. And you could just eat it right there. And then just do it that way. Because clearly we're not working from the same, you know, we're not working in the same frequency. We're not, we're not with the same vibe. We're not with the same taste buds. Okay. So you don't tell me about my food when you don't season the food at your restaurants. And you don't tell me about my food when you're there thinking that rice and peas literally means green garden peas, like God punish you. So everybody mind your business, my food bangs. Okay. So I give myself a 10 out of 10 and you can all go suck your mothers. All right. And you can add seasoning to that. All right. Thanks. Sorry, I just felt like I would share that. Yeah, I've got way too much energy. (laughs) Anyway, 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 let's get into the tarot bit. And I've got a letter actually uh, referring to the tarot. So I'll do that in a short while. So the cards that I pulled uh, this week, the message I was, you know, really trying to channel through Listen, what's the, you know, what is the vibe for us at the beginning of February? Man, you know, January's done. Now we're in February. Like, what is the message? What should we be uh, paying attention to? And for me, I feel like this is a self uh, drag. I feel like I just share pretty much personal uh, sometimes um, readings, really, because it seems like it's just shouting in my face. But the first card that came up is the Queen of Pentacles. And, you know, in the Lisa Style deck, she's a beautiful, beautiful black woman with big afro, like long afro. And she's got a crown and she's holding her pentacle and she's wearing one sickening looking salmon sort of colored um, outfit. It's really, really nice. And she's sitting on her throne um, and it's just beautiful. And you can tell that there's fertility, there's abundance because we've got a rabbit in the foreground and then there's a goat or is it a ram like on the head of her throne um, as well. So she's the greatest of all time and nobody can chat to her. She's an actual queen. She's a bad bee. Um, I feel like this is me. I feel like the queen of pentacles, when I look at it, um, it's like you're, you're in your bag, like you know how to manifest abundance, whether it's emotional, mental, physical, like, you know, material, you know how to manifest abundance and you, you know how to do the things that need to be done. Like literally you have that touch where you can turn anything into something that's prosperous because you've been blessed in that way. Like you're that way inclined in terms of your blessings. You, you know how to turn things in your favor um, and your business savvy, and you've got so many great things coming for you. Um, where we've reached now, the message for February is that this, because the, the next card is the three of pentacles. So we are still focusing in the, in the career realm. I feel, um, that's where we are right now in a kind of earthly energy. Um, we've got the three of pentacles in reverse. And if I just explain what the image is on the card, uh, on the card, we see um, a black person, a black woman, it looks like to me from the back and she's wearing dungarees and it's in blue and she just looks very innocent and she's um, doing a life drawing class. So there's another woman in front and she's um, drawing her. And then there's a kind of like white woman standing by the black woman who's drawing and it looks like she's advising her on this drawing uh, or, you know, with the naked person standing in front of both of them. 
I feel like it came out in reverse. And it's interesting that the person who's drawing here looking like they're getting advice looks like the Queen of Pentacles, but with her hair braided up in a, into like a bun, braided up into a bun. So I feel like what it's saying there for me, let me just like spit my bars, is that you are in your bag. Like, you know what needs to be done. And so many opportunities are coming your way and they're coming your way because of the hard work that you fucking put in, um, into making all of this manifest. Like the queen of pentacles works hard. Like the things don't just arrive. She works hard, but she tries to work hard in the alignment with the blessings, the specific blessings and, um, and intuitive messages that she gets. So then you're just not working hard for no reason, which oftentimes people do. They're working hard, working hard and they're vexed because they can't see the fruition of all of their hard work, but it's because they're not working in alignment with, um, the energy of their life. So that's what needs to be focused on. But here she's working in alignment. And I feel like the spirit guides are saying that you're not a little girl anymore. Yeah. You're not a small pekin anymore. You're not a small girl out here anymore. So yes, there have been people who have come to advise you on this journey that you are on of pros uh, prosperity, but there's a point where they need to get off because one day the student does become the master. And that is a personal lesson for me because there are people that I've worked with and I just after a while, it started to irk me because I'm someone that likes to ultimately have control over the things that I'm doing because I have a specific, unique vision that I feel like is God-given. And if I sat there and tried to explain it to somebody else, they would try to, especially when it comes to respectability politics, they'll try and tweak and shift and, and change the things that I'm trying to do into a version that doesn't really resonate with me. And that's what I've kind of found on this journey. I always say like, I feel like if I'd said to someone from the offset, yeah, boom, I'm going to have a podcast called Say uh, Say Your Mind. And then unofficially it's called Suck Your Mum. And I'm going to have these uh, sections like Share Your Magnificence, S-Y-M. Um, so You Mad, S-Y-M. Suck Your Mum, S-Y-M. Like I've structured this clearly. Like uh, that's what I want to do. I'm still paying attention to detail. I'm still giving you structure. I'm still giving you eloquence. I'm still giving you articulation. I'm still giving you humour but this is what I want it to be. I'm sure that these respectability queens and kings would have turned around and been like, oh no, I don't think it's going to really work in the market. I don't think it's really going to do this. I don't think it's really going to do that. So there's a time and place for these types of people. That's not to say that they're not necessary because for us to really, really build. And they, you know, when they say like, if you want to go far, go together. If you want to go somewhere quickly, go alone. But if you want to go somewhere far, go together. There comes a time though, where it's just like, actually you're slowing me down. So I do want to go further, but you're not probably the person that I can go any further with because your energies are hindering the things that I'm trying to do. And I can't stand for anyone to make me second guess myself. And I feel like this is second guessing energy. That homegirl is there with her flip um, chart, like her pad, and she's drawing this naked, beautiful figure in front of her. Like fam, she can see the figure in front of her. So you can advise her on how you feel like she should draw the lines and what she, and she should focus on the curves and she should fo focus on light and dark and shade and things like that. But ultimately her intuition has to come to the fore. Her natural affinity with the subject that she's drawing has to come to the fore. She has to do it the way that serves her best. Now you would be a shit teacher. You would be a shit guide if you get vexed with the fact that she no longer wants to do it the way that you want her to do it. And she wants to do it her way. So I feel like ultimately that's the lesson. Like there are people who have probably mentored you in some regards, or there's some people that you've collaborated with and they've been sort of business partners of whatever you've been working with them in the business capacity. And you just 
kind of get up and you go, actually, no, I don't want to do this anymore because there are certain red flags that are popping up for me that lets me know that I'm, this isn't going to serve me any further or any longer. So I need to go and do my own thing. And just, this is the reminder. You are the queen. You are the queen. And these motherfuckers are your subjects. Yeah. And subjects are, you definitely treat them with respect, but you have to remember what they are there for. Yeah. You definitely treat them with respect. You definitely do as much as you can to benefit your whole society and your whole kingdom. But you're that queen. And so you call the final shots. Like you have, you have the final say and that's it. And if any subject wants to go and start mouthing off where you can move to another Ross Clark kingdom, it's really that simple. So, um, the reason that you're having to kind of distance yourself from these people who have been in advisory roles and things like that is because ace of cups, ace of cups. Now we moved into the emotional realm. You have to distance yourself from these people because it's ultimately what's going to give you that overflowing of, um, just emotional abundance. Like I know that in my, um, recent experience, Working with some people in some capacity, I feel like my chest gets tight. It gets tight because I'm just always biting my tongue. I'm just like, "Mm, you do this good thing, but you're also doing this very, very bad thing that's actually rather detrimental to me. And it's actually pissing me off. But I want to remain professional because I see the good. I see the good. I see the good. Just because people do good things doesn't mean that you have to put up with the bad things. Yeah. You can acknowledge the good things and still be like, you know what, but I think our time is up. I'm going to go my own way. Uh, But I did all of this for you. I did. That's a manipulative energy. You can list all of the things you can reel it off all of the things that you did and how disappointed you are that this is now ending and this person wants to go their own way. Oh, well, such is life. Such is life, you know, because the bad things, if they are too much for you to cope with, then you need to bounce. And I have that sort of energy where, um, my karmic lesson recently has been like, I tend to stick things out for much longer than I should. I put up with things much longer than I should until like that tower energy comes in and just has to clear it out for me because I won't do the clearing out myself. But seeing how destructive and disruptive it's felt when the tower energy has had to do things for me, when spirit has had to do things for me because I refuse to do it for myself. I just said, no, I don't want that anymore. I don't want to get batted up. Let me just do what's being asked of me straight away because I do not want to get batted up. And that's what I've been doing before it goes too far, before we get too deep, before we get too locked in to things. And I'm having to put up with this behavior forever and ever, lock it off, lock it off. So, um, that's my personal experience that I'm relating to you. And I feel so much more freedom. I just feel so much lighter. Um, it's to the point where, you know, I've had back and forth with people, you know, in terms of professionally and I've said, no, nah, I'm done. Cool, cool, cool. And I'm seeing that the passive aggressive nature is coming through in their responses and that I've just gone, I, you know what? I'm not opening the emails. I've just sent the emails to junk, I'm not opening it because why would I open something that's going to disturb my peace? Like if you're mad, I don't necessarily have to come and be mad with you because what you're exhibiting is that you are aware that you lack control in this situation. So you're just going to do whatever you need to do to assert some kind of dominance that doesn't actually exist because I am the queen and you are the subject you know, so I can't be here being a lion, the mother of a lion and bothering myself with the opinions or the passive aggression of sheep. Calm down, back down, sit down. Thanks. 
So that's where I feel like the Ace of Cups comes in. That sort of energy of like, rah, I just feel so, I feel like I've got so much more space in my heart, in my head now to be creative and to, and to be loving and to be open to new opportunities. And, and, and I feel like Psalm 23 is there, like my, my cup runneth over. Like now God is like, thank you so much for doing the things that I've asked you to do because I didn't have to badge you up to get you to do it. So now that you've done it, watch how your cup will overflow with blessings. Watch how your cup will overflow with, with, with emotion, with love, with support. Now that you're recognizing the things that don't work for you. And I'll keep giving you these little examples, these little tests, these little mirrors to keep reminding you that people can do good things and they can also do bad things. Two things can be true at once. It's possible, but you're going to then need to use your intuition to make the decisions that need to be made, whether you're going to tolerate it and accept it, or you're going to move on. And the reason that's being done is because the last card that comes out is the emperor. So that's a major arcana card. And I feel like that came out, you know, the beginning of the uh, uh, card pool, we've got the queen of pentacles. And then the end of the card pool, we've got the emperor. That's just saying like to, I tend to exude, I mean, my Venus is in um, Scorpio and all of this stuff. Like I tend to exude a lot of feminine energy, a lot of femininity, um, I create a lot. I just, I'm just there doing my thing. But then I also know that I'm destined for such greatness that would require me to have a lot of responsibility for a lot of things. Like I hate the word, but you know, in terms of an empire, like you're going to have that and you're going to need these lessons along the way. So you don't shake when you need to rule over more than just your kingdom. Like when everything expands and you have way more responsibility, way more people to be responsible for way more souls to, um, to govern to and to support and to guide and to motivate, you're going to know, you're going to need to know that you cannot be shaken. You're going to need to be able to trust your own intuition. So all of these things that are happening now are mere tests to see if your intuition is growing. And if you are learning the lessons that you need to learn before all of that responsibility is dashed on your lap, are you ready to be the emperor? Are you ready to be the Don Dada? Um, and I, and I feel like I'm getting there. I feel like I'm getting there to, I'm, I'm, I'm almost there like recently with how I had to bad up, um, the pink pussy clot and everything else that's happening, um, around me in my life. I gave myself, um, I think I gave myself a B plus, um, I think, yeah, like a B plus recently I, I graded myself and I feel like, nah, you know what? All of these tests that have come, I'll give myself a B plus. I'm, I'm getting better. I'm getting better at the things. And, um, that's really it. You're being, all of the things that you're going through now are tests to see that you're ready for the bigger responsibility, the bigger blessings, because every blessing is a responsibility. So the greater the blessing, the greater the responsibility. So you can't be asking for shit and not um, understanding that those things will, you'll firstly need to maintain them and you also need to be accountable for and to them. Are you ready for that? Um, how are you in terms of your self-image? Someone says something bad mind, will it shake your entire foundation? Or will you be like, you know what? They said what they said, that's their personal problem and keep it moving. You know, these are lessons that we all need to learn. And these are lessons, for instance, that I need to learn. But that's ultimately what the message is there. Like you're the student is now the master, regardless of whichever 
aspects of your life that's focusing on. It might be a minute part of your career, but you've gone and you learned something from someone. You've learned what you needed to learn from them. And you're like, yeah, yeah, cool. I've got this. I'm out. Because the other things that you're doing right now, I don't fuck with them things. I'm out. Peace, peace up, you know? So that's that part of the message. And it's funny because the card that came out with from the Say Your Mind Affirmation card deck is my boundaries are necessary. Woo. It says protecting your peace is important. Be proud of the boundaries you put in place because they prove that you love yourself. And that is it. That's what that's that ace of cups energy. Yeah, you've shown God that you're ready, that that cup, you know how to clear it out of debris that's in your cup. You know how to clean out your cup so you can receive an abundance of blessings and it overflows and it overflows into the other people in your life. But that requires boundaries. That requires looking into the cup and going, yuck, this cup is dirty. I'm going to clean it out and cleaning out the cup. Imagine that, just deep that imagery, yeah? Because it just came through to me. Like you're asking God to put your blessings into a dirty cup. Behave yourself, behave your fucking self. Go and clean out your cup. Go and go and clean out your cup. Go and clean out your cup. Clean out your cup so you show God that, yeah, I'm ready for my blessings to be put in here. So that's maybe internal work as well as external work, but God is not going to dash your blessings into dirty surroundings. That's not how it works. Clear space for the blessings that you deserve. The more space you clear inside and outside, the more space there is for your blessings to arrive and to expand and to really just, you know, be full. So that's why boundaries are necessary. Boundaries are your way of showing God that, you know what, I'm cleaning house and I'm ready for my things. I'm ready for my things, God. You can get Ikea to deliver them now. Um, So that's that. And then from the Marcella Kroll deck, um, the first card that came out was 27, I'll say. 27, fire. It says here, light, creativity, drive, purify, passion, and new opportunity. The element of fire can free you from boredom, clear karma, and give you the energy required to take action. Be warned though, too much fire can also burn. So be mindful of utilizing this energy wisely by using it uh, channeling it creatively. Meditate on this symbol with the assistance of a candle to inspire creativity, motivation, and passion. And I think that's also important because you notice I said when I received um, an email, I just sent it to junk. Um, The reason I do that is because I know myself, baby boys, baby girls, baby non-binaries. Let me tell you now, my baby people, I know myself and I've got a temper. My temper is a matting, it's absolutely mad. And that's why um, I try my best or I do my best to not let it um, get the better of me. And honestly, I've come such a long way. Like you're talking to someone that was out here in Liverpool when I was at uni knocking girls' teeth out with my fist. Like I, it, it's just what, it, it is what it is and it is what it isn't, you know, like whatever, like you move mad and you're going to get it. Um, and that wasn't helpful. That was coming from a place of anger that I hadn't found um, a healthy way to channel. So uni was, was a mad time. It was a mad time. So recalibrating has been my focus and my journey. And so if I see that somebody's moving in a way and writing to me or doing something in a way or behaving in a way that I know is going to trigger me and it's going to set off that thing in my head where I'm like, oh, you want me to burn you? You want me to burn all of this motherfucking shit down? Okay, then let's play. That is not helpful. 
And that is my karmic lesson that Kalechi do not pay attention to the noise of the market. Like just the person's going to do what they do because hurt people hurt people and people don't like being told no. So they're going to try to undermine. They're going to try and demean. They're just going to try and do anything to make themselves feel better from this essentially a, a rejection. You know this. So therefore don't read anything that's going to get you mad. And then you're going to be like, all right, cool. Watch me done your dance. And that's, you know what that is? Growth. Yeah. Growth. I, you don't need to burn everything down. And, I, and I'm trying to learn that not, not everyday fire, some days water, you know, some days water. So the next card that came out was 48, um, psychic. I prefer to just read what she's written here because I, um, I just think it's better that way. So Marcella wrote here for 48 psychic intuition, empathetic gifts, I'm sorry, empathic gifts, psychic visions, prophecy, and powerful dreaming are present. You now have access to a greater wisdom beyond what the human eye can see. This is a time of great awakening. New psychic abilities and gifts come to you now. See the sacredness in your visions. Pay attention to your dreams and the symbols that are repeating as messages. Meditate on this symbol when you want to expand your healing, creative dreaming, and psychic abilities. It's absolutely wild that that says that because... Honestly, I just feel like I've graduated into a new realm of um, abilities. I don't even know how to explain it. It might sound so woo-woo to a lot of you, man. But honestly, um, doing the things that I've been doing behind the scenes in terms of convening and and building a relationship with God, I've had to do certain things. Um, Some things that it's just like, it takes sacrifice. Like I, I had to sacrifice being able to do certain things and go certain places and whatever, but I needed to do this to show God, like I'm, I'm paying attention and I'm listening. And in return, God is showing me that my G, okay, here we go. And I just, I feel that there is a growth, but ultimately I appreciate that God just lets me be who I am. Like I can F and blind and swear as much as I want to, because that is my version of delivering my truth. Yeah. And I don't have to be anybody or do anything to get God to love me. Like God loves me as I am. And God loves all of us as we are. You don't have to change and be somebody else. Like God resides in us as who we are, you know? Um, and I just think that that's what's so wonderful about it all. So yeah, that's that for the tarot, but I think there's a letter. I'm going to call this person Prince or um, King J. I think King J is a nice name. King J, I think it it works. It says here, the title is, at my big, big age, wisdom is my friend. (laughs) Hi there, mother of lion. Firstly, I would like to take this opportunity to greet all the girls, baby boys and baby non-binaries and appreciate your physical and spiritual self for being consistent, dishing us with um, your very seasoned source. Thank you. Two slaps on your chest, baby girl. Thank you. Just a quick one. (laughs) Just a quick one. Just a quick one. Um, I've been going through a process of decluttering unrequited negations um, in my life and that being removing family members and mostly friends. I have a friend, or should I say I had a friend whom I made a conscious decision to remove in my life as I felt he needed me for praise and honesty, which I dished with no hesitation. But when it came to trusting me with truth, that connection is gone like Donald Trump's rusted flying hair. Oh my God. (laughs) 
Now, the fuckery is that he continuously fails to update me with life-changing steps such as marriage, yet we shared our deep truths with each other. Twice, he has made life-changing decisions such as breaking up with his partner, whom he made effort to introduce me to, and I befriended him. Then I found out through social media that he got engaged to a different guy who he proposed to. Then later in the year 2019, he broke the engagement and he posted his new partner. I write this letter in response to this week's, um, well, now last week's reading Seven of Swords, burner accounts in um, Heaven episodes, such a drag to self. Now, Queen Mother, thanks. Correct me if I'm being a bitch, um, hashtag dickhead in recovery, or if I'm just being a baby boy doing bits and bobs for his physical and spiritual self. Do I call out my friend for moving like a tornado? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is such an af thing to say, like an African thing. Why are you moving like a tornado from relationship to relationship? Are you are you Hurricane George? Eh? Are you Hurricane George or are you Hurricane Harry? Eh? That you just be fum 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 fum. Nobody, you cannot rest. And eh? boyfriend today, boyfriend tomorrow. Uh uh-uh. uh. Relax, eh? Relax. <laughs> That's what I got in my head when I saw tornado. Um. So do I call out my friend for moving like a tornado, or should I look? at the tornado from a distance and continue to live my best life. Sorry for the long dissertation of the rainbow melodrama with love from South Africa, a baby boy prince. Thank you. Thank you, King K. Um, I often find funny with letters because it's usually what you end with that's actually the advice. Omo, face your front. My baby boy, face your front. If somebody wants to do tornado, hurricane, cyclone, they want to do all of them things there, that is their own prerogative because sometimes we have to understand that in loving people, the way that we should, the the, the healthy way sometimes for us to love people is to take a step back, to hold space for them when they require it and request it, but to take a step back. Because sometimes the way, when we try to interfere, we're interfering with a karmic lesson that they are learning. I'll give you an example. Just like I was saying, like when I used to, um, when I was in uni in Liverpool and that, I'd go out in Manchester with friends or whatever, whatever. But whenever, any, anytime I was up North and, um, after that as well, um, I would be told constantly, Kalechi, your anger, your anger, you need to work on it. You need to work on your anger. You need to work on your anger. And I'd be like, well, it's fine because the next time somebody does this, I, I won't do this, whatever, whatever. And my mum would say it, other people would say it. And I just wouldn't, you can't, you couldn't make me do something until I was ready to do it until it was like, you know what? I don't like this feeling of living inside myself and just how icky it all feels. I had to make the conscious decision to then be like, you know what? This is too much. This is too much. And then go and um, start therapy and do the work, the healing work on myself. But I had to be ready to do that. Who knows what your friend is um, looking for in switching relationships ultimately what we're all looking for is a sense of belonging and to be made to feel like we matter somebody that's doing that is probably working from a place of hurt because i'm just saying that from the 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 speed at which they're moving in in between these relationships and also i ask of you my darling baby boy Sometimes we concern ourselves with the lives of friends and trying to control and help the lives of friends because we feel like that's easier than focusing um, on our life and doing the work that we need to do on ourselves. 
our friends and the things that irritate us about our friends and what they're doing are often reflections of other themes in our life or similar themes in our lives that we need to be focusing on. And so what it is and what's it, what is it about being ready to meet the needs of others, yet they're not ready to meet your needs because they're so distracted by jumping around and, and you know, doing what they want to do. Is there somebody in your clo- in close proximity to you? Like you mentioned that you cut off family and things like that. So there are other people in close proximity to you that probably also emanate that same energy of not showing up for you, even though you're always ready to show up for them and they're keeping you out of things and basically making you feel like you don't matter because that's ultimately what's hurting you from what I gather um, in reading this. That's ultimately what's hurting you in this situation. The fact that you are always ready to um, commune and, and have a deeper relationship with this friend. Yet when they have these big life changes, it's like you're an afterthought. You're not an afterthought in the eyes of God. Yeah, that's what we need to remember. Oftentimes what people are doing in their lives have nothing to do with us. So it's not a personal thing. And you trying to draw your friend's attention to, hey, you haven't been telling me these things. You just went and got engaged and did this and did this. And you didn't tell me this. Like you're talking to someone that I didn't even invite anyone to my wedding. Yeah. So imagine I've got friends that are probably salty about the fact that Rash went and got married and she didn't even holler at man. That was my personal choice. It's what I needed to do to feel safe in the next stage of my life because so many things have happened. So many tempestuous friendships. I didn't want anybody there that in five years, 10 years time, I don't know if they're going to be there. And I know that that's the relationship. um, That's the nature of relationships and friendships, but I just didn't want that. I just wanted the constants, my day ones to just be there. And that's it. And that ended up just being literally my family members, my mum, my uncle, my stepdad, my brother. That was it. That was literally it. You know, that was it. So um, what I'm essentially saying there is, they made this choice to do um, get engaged and have these big life changes. That's on them. They're doing their thing and it's not about you. But what is about you is this feeling of feeling left out. That's not just in this friendship. I'm getting a vibe that that's also something that's happened in other um situations and other relationship dynamics that you have in your life. And what you ultimately need to remember is that nobody outside of yourself can give you that sense that you matter. And if you're looking for it to be shown in the actions of what they're doing, people are rarely consistent. But the one force that constantly shows you that you matter because you wake up every rascal day is God. So I would say focus on that. Same as what I'm doing. Focus on that relationship. Focus on ultimately knowing that you matter like some like this force created the stars the planets trees like created everything and then went raw you know what I'm also going to create this baby boy so that's what matters and friends all we can do is hold space and just let them do what the fuck they're doing because sometimes to intervene is to intervene with their karmic lesson there's something that they need to learn on this journey that they are on that we cannot interrupt and the best thing you can do to to, you know in the way of loving someone is some sometimes have that self-restraint and have that self-imposed boundary that I will not put my mouth in this situation let them do what they're doing and I'm talking from a personal perspective like um I feel the same with my best friend I love her with all of my heart she means everything to me. But for so many years in, um, you know, early stages of our friendship, and we've been friends for so many, so many years now, I would try to control what she was doing. I'll try to, no, you're doing that. It's going to hurt you. You're going to get hurt again. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. 
But it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair because there's a lesson that she's trying to learn. There are wounds that she's trying to work through. Same as the wounds that I'm trying to work through that I couldn't keep intervening. And I feel like my love has been able to be shown in a greater way by the fact that I've just backed all the way off. And I'll just randomly send her messages like, I love you and things like that. And just keep it pushing because she also, ultimately she knows that I'm always there for her and I will never um, judge her. And I love her fiercely, but in my love, I have to understand understand that I need to take a step back. So that's what I would suggest to you. So that being said, before we move into Share Your Magnificence, because that was a long as fuck tarot session, before we move into Share Your Magnificence, I'm just going to big up Better Help, Better, H-E-L-P, Help. Um, They're just wonderful. So like I said, if there's something that's interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals, like we've just been talking about in the fucking letter that's just come through and my personal experiences, Better Help will help you to assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Um, You can start communicating with them in under 24 hours, which is what I have been doing. So basically I've got a new therapist now. Um, Obviously I still love Emma Book Book, but um, I've got a new therapist now through the app, um, through the BetterHelp website, but I've also got the app, their app on my phone as well. And I was matched with her in under 24 hours and we've been vibing and we've been chatting and she is fucking amazing. Like I fuck with her, like she's brilliant. And she's been giving me exercises through the app. We had a, a phone call the other day, um, like on Saturday, we had a 30 minute phone call and it's just brilliant to know that I can message her at any time and then she'll respond at her earliest convenience. And she's always sending like the loveliest like voice messages and things like that to really motivate me and keep me going. So when that fuckery happened with the pink pussy clot, um, at the premiere that I went to, the first thing I did when I got home was I just wrote down all my feelings. I messaged it to her in our, um, in our session, in our room, because you've got like a counseling room, a virtual counseling room with them. So I just messaged her and I wrote everything in there. And she responded with these voice notes, like a series of voice notes. And she basically talked me through um, so many things. And she was like, okay, so, and she sent me worksheets of what we're going to do next. So the next time someone triggers me in that way, I'm not looking to like fight them. So um, yeah, she's, she's brilliant. So the app is working great for me and I'll keep you updated on how I get on. But um, ultimately it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling that's done securely and it's done online. There's a broad range of um, broad range rather of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. So if you're looking for somebody that's um, equipped to deal with like LGBTQ issues, um, anxiety, um, depression, and like there's so many things that's um, on there that you can speak with them about, and you'll be matched with someone most suited to you. And what I really really like about the app is that you can select like if you want um, a person of color to be your counselor, which is why I clicked on straight away. I was like clicked on that straight away. And I was matched with this um, amazing black woman. So just because it would make me feel more comfortable and, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm really enjoying it so far. So it says like, you can, um, the service is available to everyone worldwide. So you can be a client anywhere in the world. And my therapist is based in America. Yeah, she's based in America. So it's just cute hearing her little American accent. Hi, Kalechi. It's wonderful. Um, So, yeah, there's a broad range of expertise um, in the counsellor network and they might not be available in your area. 
and which means that they can service um, clients worldwide and you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counsellor. Um, you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Um, BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counsellors if needed. And it's more affordable than traditional offline counselling and financial aid is also available. Um, BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. And I feel like so many people need it so there won't be fucking trolls on the internet. And so you can visit their website and read the testimonials on there. But obviously you've heard my experience and that should count. Um, so if you want to read testimonial uh, testimonials, you can just go to www.betterhelp.com forward slash reviews. So you can visit betterhelp.com forward slash mind, as in say your mind. So that's betterhelp.com forward slash mind. That's H-E-L-P. And join the over 700,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Um, So special offer for all of my say your mind dons, all of my baby girls, baby boys and baby non-binaries. You get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com forward slash mind. Got that? Good. So I just had to put that to the side. I like to make sure I read my things and I get it right. So, um, yeah, I have, um, done bits with Daniel Kaluuya and Jodie Turner. They are my Shayo Magnificence because their acting is beautiful. Like they're gorgeous people. When I went to interview them, um, with my little MacBook and my, and my, um, and my microphone, I was just in the room with them thinking, wow, you are so gorgeous. You are just gorgeous people. Jodie Turner is fucking stunning. Jodie Turner-Smith, like you are beautiful. And you know, she's got that pregnancy glow as well at the moment. Like her vibe is so serene and Daniel was absolutely lovely. So I was chatting to them about Queen and Slim, the film that's just come out directed by Lena, no, and written by Lena Waithe, directed by um, Melina Matsukas. Um, and it's out, it's been out from January 31st. So you can go and watch it in cinemas. I'd love to hear what you think of the uh, film. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear what you think of the film, but generally into, I just focus on themes. You know, I know that there's been lots of chats on the internet about, um, internet about this and about that. I just focused on the themes of certain things that I've picked up on and that's what I've discussed with them. So without further ado, baby boys, baby girls, baby non-binary. The podcast is leveling up. Here is my interview with Daniel Kaluuya and Jodie Turner-Smith, the cast of Queen and Slim. I think that both of you are magnificent. Like, I just think you're magnificent. What you're doing is incredible. So this is like in the Share Your Magnificent section of um, my podcast. Uh, It's called Say Your Mind. And... um, yeah, I just think that you're baby boy and you're a baby girl, like really out here representing in the best way possible. And I know that it can't be easy navigating all of the things that you navigate. But I don't want to talk to you about the Higgy Hadar because we're, we're all black, so we're aware. Um, what I wanted to talk to you about was love, you know, and the radical nature of love. So what caught me was the fact that when you're travelling in the car, it's white, and it's called trust God number plate, yeah? And to me, that signified your innocence because you're wearing white as queen in it as well. So you both start off in white in your respective manners. Um, an innocence, a beauty, and then you 
basically mature as the film goes on and you come together in different ways. Um, how have you found that, that journey basically in your life and how you brought that to the screen? Has there been a growing of love and understanding of love that you brought to the screen for this? You know, that's a deeper one. Kevin <laughs> 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 Bell, I wasn't going to let you just that's chill. Like, <laughs> how do I? Um, yeah, because there's so much, there's so much uh, energy that gets received as hate. Yes. And gets interpreted as hate. So, what's it? Yeah, Fred Hampton say you only fight. You don't fight fire with fire. You fight fire with water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the answer is love. Do you know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, Chairman Fred Hampton, but it's like it's a uh, so it's um that has been probably the hardest. The older I get, I realize how hard that is mm. to give out love mm. in them kind of environments. How kind of um how much you have to master have to be a master of yourself. Yes, in order to give that out to certain family members. <laughs> who make <laughs> interesting decisions. <laughs> yeah. But no, your trigger points. Yeah. Um, but, um, so, um, so that's, uh, that's, it, it, it's mad when I was younger, I used to think, oh, that, yeah, we used to hear that, love to answer, love to answer. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, mate, you're like, cool, mm-hmm. you know, Beatles or whatever. They're, they're <laughs> but like, and then the older you get, you go, right, it is, it's as simple as that. But I think now it's just really hard to be simple. It's just really hard to be simple. You have to know a lot to be simple. Right. I, I, for me, you know, I had two advantages. One, I was, I fell in love right before I did this movie. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you, and, and really as I was doing the film, and so I think, because it's like, we all know what it's like to fall mm-hmm. in love, mm-hmm. you know, and, and cause number one, really even before that, it's like my job on this film, mm-hmm. what I was Basically, my assignment was to fall in love with Daniel, yes. which is like very easy. Yes, <laughs> I mean, come on, like seriously, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. And so we all know what it's like to fall in love, but when you have like those emotions, like freshly in your mind, mm-hmm. like what that feels like, it was this really beautiful thing that I had to mm. to pull from. Yeah, Do you know, because I felt like I was living in it, and then I could just come into the experience on set and I was just really, I was just wide open Mm. and I was just like, here is this person that I literally get to fall in love with. And it's like, I just, it it was just like this really beautiful case study and like being wide open and falling in love and, and, you know, taking that obviously into Queen's journey because she doesn't begin that way. No, but, but just, you know, really finding the places and the nuances, I think the fact that I got to really do that because I was like living it mm-hmm. made it really special. It, it looks special. It, the chemistry that you have on screen is amazing. I had to see it twice because the first time I think I was coming with, and this is what I don't advise, like getting the internet version of what they want you to see. And then I saw it again last night and I started crying at the end because I was just like, come on, come on, legacy, come on. <laughs> you know, it was it was beautiful because you get to, you follow that journey with you both um, as you both influence each other and you start to believe in each other, um, I think, is incredible we i noticed for me personally spirituality in it a lot we see the crosses dotted around the place um you talk a lot about 
firstly, like I said, the number plate, trust God. And then you saying that you don't believe in God, but yeah. then at the when we see you doing a prayer later on. Um, and then the body of water. So I'm really into tarot and um, water cups represent spirituality. So as the both characters grow, we see them getting closer to larger bodies of water, uh, si- signifying to me that your spirituality is growing or understanding of it. Do you feel like you've gone through that personally in your life to be able to really give uh, Queen, really give Slim that. He had an unwavering faith, mm. I feel, mm. in God. Mm-hmm. Queen had faith. She just didn't know that it was there. So she had to, I feel, have a person in order to find her way into it. Has that been similar for you in your life? I mean, I also think, though, I think it's funny how, because I think as people in general, mm-hmm. certain situations, like there's certain things that will just make will make you be like, yeah, yeah I never pray, but now I'm, I'm praying to you. You know what I mean? Like certain things that just make you feel God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that one of the biggest things that makes you feel God is love. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there is something about love that you're just like, oh. Mm. And I think for Queen, it was like, because she was experiencing that, because, you know... I, for myself, I mean, my family were always, like, very religious. And they, you know, when we moved to America, my mom was, like, Pentecostal. It was, like, <laughs> really intense. Um, and I sort of have moved away from that. Like, I'm not, like, in a slim sort of position mm-hmm. where I'm, like, you know, I pray every day or whatever. But I feel like, you know, in living life, you realise, you recognise spirit. Mm-hmm. You recognise, you know what I mean, what this presence is of, of, of whatever people kind of classify as God, which mm. we I feel like is not something as, as narrow as a view that you might mm-hmm. read in a Bible. You know what I mean? It's like these, this is literally the same person that we're talking about in, across it, all yeah, these different yeah, cultures yeah. and religions. But I think it's like experience that shows you God, mm. you know? And I think that I, I definitely relate to that journey where it's like, and I think that was what it was for Queen, was it was just like, it wasn't suddenly that she became a Christian. No, 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 no. And so that's why she's like, I'm going to pray. No. But it was that she met this man and he helped her to understand faith. Yes, mm. yes, yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And love helped her to understand faith. Mm. And she was like, that's what I believe in. yes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that is, and it's so powerful. Mm. And that's what I'm gonna, you know. And so it's like that really is what I think that was, and I so relate to that. Yes, I really do. I love it. Same for you. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Well, that's why I had to get off that chair. Yeah, it slumps you in, bro. Like, it slumps you in. It eats you. Um, but remind me what what specific? Because um, I have a lot of ideas. So. Yeah. about this kind of uh, about um, this, this stuff this spirituality yeah. stuff I just I think that that's what's interesting about Slim he had a faith in God and you know we're hearing playing gospel music he has this faith in God but then I feel like it broadens as he gets closer to that water like it's not just simply like we said Christianity it's more an expanding belief in what God actually represents I think you know what it is I think there's if I'm being real obviously I grew up my mum made me read the Bible as a kid and that. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. So I realised a lot of time in my life, there's certain things that I believe. I'm like, oh, that's just in me somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where it's come from. And then, like, and I went to Catholic school and then I was really cynical. Mm. So I'd be like, what, so what are you telling me? <laughs> you know when Jesus was born, but you don't know the date he died. And they go, no, like, it's about the moons, it's about the suns. So I was like, well, it's not astrology ain't that science then Then why is that I was gonna get kicked out but like but but I kind of 
I realised that that's what... I think you get certain information. Mm-hmm. I think my take on Slim mm-hmm. is that he's lived quite a sheltered life experience-wise. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And just because of the fact that I think he's very blessed mm-hmm. in a very important way mm. in the sense that he just has family that loves him yeah and they just they're just there mm. do you know what I'm saying and I think a lot of us especially that are front facing mm. there's a reason why we're front facing mm. because there's an absence I personally mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then so then like he doesn't have that need to be out there in that way and but but that is quite radical what he has mm. the kind of consistency and the kind of like stability mm. and like what happens is is in this film real life happens mm. so it's kind of one of the first i think i had to play it as one of the first for it to really dramatically resonate one of the first instances where he's like what i believe is quite shelved mm. like he's got it off a shelf mm. and he has to then create a bespoke version mm. of faith and belief mm. that makes sense for what's happened. Yes. Because he's been told that people that kill people are bad mm. and he is good. Mm. So when he's in a situation, it's like, whoa, what does that mean about my identity? What mm. I think about myself? Mm. Does this mean, like, shall I hate myself? Mm. I think that's what a lot of times that helped me in, like, the, like the, the petrol gas station mm-hmm, scene. Mm-hmm. When he's like, I think he's contemplating suicide in that, yeah, kind of, in that instance yeah. for me mm. that's how I kind of saw it where he's just like yo I don't even know if I deserve this or do I don't know what I'm doing but I know I'm not okay mm. do you know what I'm saying and like and I feel like he grew into kind of like to I don't think he changed his faith or changed his belief but he grew a more bespoke version of like oh I'm able to accept her mm stuff that I wouldn't accept before mm. because we're humans. Yes. It's like the narrative of the Bible is so good, bad. Like, that's mad. That's mm. not life. No. We are hypocrites. Yes. Do you yes. know what I'm saying? Yeah. We are big-time hypocrites. Yeah. And, like, the minute you accept that and you, like, you let, like... It's just, like, some people are worth the hypocrisy. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yes. Or maybe you're worth the hypocrisy to yourself. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? And then he realised that he had to kind of open his spectrum of kind of, like, yeah. what is good and bad. What like I think that's what he's kind of like was kind of a breakthrough moment mm. and then cuz he forgave himself and just accepted it like I can swear, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. shit happens, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit happens. Yeah. So like shit happens. Mm. He's able to take that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and that's just like kind of like cuz it's just like ah oh, I like her as a person though yes. inside. But yeah. he was so blinkered with his narrow definitive spiritual mindset mm. to even see what she was mm. in that sense to be forgiven accepting which is ironic because the religion tells you to be forgiven but yeah. a lot of them are so but it's you lot are bad you lot yeah, are this you yeah. lot are that and it's been used to to do a lot historically you know which is why you know. we've got this conflict you know we've got this conflict with it I love the scene where you go and dance because um, one of the things is risking it to, to dance you, you're risking this to dance Um in this society, risking everything to have moments of joy. Um, I think that that's one of the things that I took from this film. You're risking a lot to have this moment of joy, to have this out on the screen. Um, is that a conscious decision? What do you mean? In terms of being like, you know what, I'm, I'm intentionally choosing to do this and be Queen part of this. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. To be part of this moment in time because 
this is me risking whatever to be part of something I feel is monumental. Yeah, because uh, they're in a, in a situation. It doesn't make sense, but sometimes in order to have the greatest experiences, it don't make sense. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. It just feels right. Mm. So I, I, I kind of re- that really resonated with me when he's like, "Yo, like, do you want to dance?" And this is that and the other. He's mm. just like, "Yo." It's kind of like it's funny because we're all gonna die anyway. <laughs> yeah. Basically, just saying, we're at gonna the end, die, at isn't the end it? Of the day. Like yeah. essentially, we're all yeah. like we could walk out there and something happens. Yeah, do you yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? Let's just have fun. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's that kind of he never had that before. No. Do you know what I'm saying? And so it's that kind of thing. We're like, fuck it. Let's just let's just um, enjoy. And I think that's what was what's what incredible about the black spirit. A lot of times is because yes. it's just you're like the you're like fuck it. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're, gonna, we're gonna play some drums. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? We're gonna do this dance that looks like a dance, but it's not a dance. You know what I'm saying? It's like, just kind of like, it's that kind of finding joy. And, and then it feels like rebellion. Yeah. And, and then it's and it's kind of, you, it's kind of really hard to not watch that. It's, it's, you know it's, it's entrancing. It's a communion between the two of you in that moment. It, it said so much. I know that, you know, you've got lots to do. So my next question is pretty straightforward. What does destiny mean to you? It comes up a lot in the film. Maybe it's destiny. Maybe it's destiny. Maybe it's destiny. I feel like it's destiny for us to be in this room, to be having this conversation. So what does destiny mean to you? How has it gotten you this far as actors, as individuals in this, in just in this time, not even necessarily society, but just in this time? I think that I, I less, I, it's, it's less about like this sort of, preordained uh, future mm. and more about you know I don't necessarily believe it's it, in coincidence mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like the energy of something and, and when you're connected to purpose and when you're connected to integrity mm. and you're connected to the truth of who you are and, and the truth of the moment that things happen mm-hmm. you know uh, and, and that when those things happen, you know, they were meant to happen. Mm. And not because it's like you're on some path that's been determined like a long time ago and no matter what you do, I feel like moment to moment we're making choices mm-hmm. that shift the trajectory, where we're yeah. going and where yeah. we're going to end up. Mm. And, you know, so I feel like destiny is like this mix of of the things that we're choosing at each moment. Yeah. And... And 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 the, the 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 spiritual resonance of like landing in this right place that's based on more than just me, mm-hmm. but my connection to to God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's beautiful. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm not sure. I believe in a me personally mm-hmm. in a destination. I d- that's probably why I get so in my own head sometimes because mm-hmm. I know that I. Maybe I just believe that I have agency in my life. Mm-hmm. And I know from a certain situation, I make one choice, I go there. Mm-hmm. I make another choice, I go there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my difficulty is I can, sometimes I see it. And I, so you know the gravity of the decision. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And a lot of times, the one I want to do is going to piss a lot of people off around you. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. So then you're like, right, cool. Ah, that's difficult. But I'm, I always will go in that direction but it's almost I think there's like it's almost like that Black Mirror episode what's it um, what's that Joe Cole Joe Cole episode and then the dating app 
Yeah, 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 yeah
So I just want to read that again in case you missed the fuckery. He said, one of my sons once told me that he was always excited to resume in the office every Monday because he would get to see his secretary again. I told him to fire her immediately. Nothing and no one is worth your marriage. This is why I say that men are mad. And this is why I say that Nigerian um, Nigerian men have a special uh, uh, variety of madness that um, I can't quite understand. And pastors always exhibit this madness, I feel like, the most. Why is the woman getting fired? Why is the secretary getting fired? Because your your son is lusting after her. Did she ask him to be lusting after her? Is she not doing her job? So then he's now firing her. Now, some of you might be like, well, that's practical because he doesn't want to be tempted and rare, 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 rare. No, it's not practical. It's not practical. Was was she making advances? Because from here, it it sounds very one-sided. I don't even know if the secretary was aware that you're feeling her vibes. You know, I don't feel like she was aware that you want to um, taste the Maggie in her puss puss. You know, she's just there minding her business and you're the one excited every week to go to work because you want to go and flirt with her or look at her yash. How's that got anything to do with her? And this is how women end up suffering. And I think in a socioeconomic sense as well, how they end up suffering for somebody else's madness, for a man's madness. Why don't you remove yourself? Why don't you fire yourself? Why don't you fuck off? Yeah. And let her keep her job. Why didn't she get transferred somewhere? I don't know. Even the transferring obviously wouldn't be cool either, but I just feel like at least that way she would still have a job and she'd still be making money. So she's basically being penalized because you're attracted to her. And I just think that that's fucked, but I know that that's also a very Nigerian mentality. And this pastor really fully came online to make it sound like he, like he was doing bits, you know, he, like he was really doing something there. More time. You'll now find out that he too has a girlfriend. These people are mad, but I just thought I'd share that because it really, really annoyed me. I just thought, why is she getting fired? Homegirl just comes to work on a Monday and it's like, oh, you're not working here anymore because you're too cute, boo. Ugh. Ugh. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. But I just think that it would be great for men to actually take responsibility for, um, for the way that they move and not keep passing it over to women. Oh, the reason I behave that way is because she wears short skirts. Oh, the reason I behave that way is because she wears makeup and she smiles a lot. No, no, nothing I'm doing gives you an excuse to move mad and, and to be entering into my space. Piss off absolutely piss off. You don't know if she's got family to look after. She's now lost a job because, you know, you were attracted to her. Idiots, idiots everywhere. But yeah, I just thought that, um, I would, uh, put that out there because he really, really thought he'd made points. And the amount of Nigerian Twitter that were like retweeting anger, ah, oh my God, Sai, it's true. It's true because you must always fight temptation. If you don't go and, and put, yeah, uh, put egg in your bread and shut the fuck up. Anyway, moving on from that, that was just a tidbit that I wanted to share. But my favorite bit from So You Mad this week, I laughed, was um, Katie Hopkins being flown to Prague to be presented with a fake award. I love the fact that somebody went to this extent to troll Katie Hopkins. Like Katie Hopkins is vile and she loves spewing vitriol. And before people were like, oh, she's just racist for money. She just says these things for money and rare, rare, rare. But no, there was a video released after because people were feeling bad for her that, oh, this prank went too far. What you mean? You flew her out to Prague for a fake award, basically called the Cunt Award, which she deserves all of them every year for the rest of her life. She deserves that Cunt Award. Um, But the Cunt was an acronym um, for, is it acronym or abbreviation? Abbreviation, maybe, um, of that, 
of something longer, but they really just wanted to put the word cunt behind her. Uh, And people were talking about, oh, maybe this went too far, too far, until we saw the video of the things that she was saying in this room when she was accepting the award. Like, this woman isn't just racist for banter or racist for money. She's out and out racist. Anybody who's racist for banter or racist for money, anywhere you are a racist, there's no two ways about it. Because when you're willing to spew that nonsense, then yeah, you you just are what you are. There's is what it is. So it says here, someone gave Katie Hopkins a fake cunt award and she flew to Prague to accept it. YouTube prankster Josh Peters, big up yourself, Josh, because, you know, other white boys are um, dipping their, their ball bags in soy sauce and you're doing good in the world. You're doing something that should be done by trolling Katie Hopkins. Says her YouTube prankster Josh Peters posted a video of the far right commentator accepting the cunt award just hours after her Twitter account was suspended, which obviously I also love, love that song that it finally suspended her fucking stupid account. Um, just bringing it up. And it says on Thursday, the controversial commentator was locked out of her Twitter account for violating the platform's hateful conduct policy and abusive behavior policy, which to me is wild Twitter, because I feel like she's been, um, violating this from the very beginning, but I mean, better late than never, I guess. So it says, then just hours later, it emerged she had apparently been duped in absolutely epic proportions by YouTube prankster Josh Peters, who said he made her fly all the way to Prague to accept a fake award, the campaign to unify the nation trophy, which basically spells out cunt. Um, And there are a series of these tweets. But in response, um, so people were upset saying like, oh, wow, you know, this is too far, like rare, 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 rare. And then someone else posted a video and were like, well, no, this is actually some of the things that she said. This is what Katie Hopkins said when she was accepting the award. She said, if you call Mohammed in the school playground in the UK, 2000 fucking kids come running and you don't want any of them. Then she said, East London is smelly and shitty at the best of times. It's 82 percent Muslim. Um, then, um, she was speaking about, uh, Greta um, Thunberg and she said, autistic fucking wench. Um, I just think that this is, this is the person that you guys will somehow want to be do contrarian, contrarian, and you'll be trying to defend her freedom of speech, freedom of speech. There's nothing that should be free about that type of speech. There should be consequences. Yeah there should be consequences. And I'm glad that there are. Um, I want it to be financial for her. She will never see good things because she's a mad woman and she's extremely xenophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, racist as fuck. She's, she's vile. She's vile. Like she's making fun of a, of a young girl. Like she's making fun of a little girl and she's making fun of autism. So on top of that, she's ableist as fuck. She's a horrible, Katie Hopkins is a horrible person. Like, I just, I don't understand how we let people do this and we just call it like far right campaigner. She's not a far right campaigner. She's a cunt. You know, you can't just use words and make it sound like someone has a stance and they, and they have grounds for the fuckery that they're doing. She is just a cunt, you know, and that's why she deserved that award. So Josh Peters, big up yourself. I would have put you in share your magnificence, but, um, I haven't actually looked you up properly. So you could be moving mad like a lot of white men. So you could just stay in. Um, so you're mad for now. Okay. Well, thank you for doing that. Brilliant, brilliant duty for us all. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Anyway, let's update ourselves on, um, what's that man's name? Terry Cruz. That's my next one um, for So You Mad. Terry Crews um, tweeted at Gabrielle Union. And I just think it's funny, like the moment that he realizes that it could, 
that his fuckery could affect his pay, his money in some way, his social standing in some way. Suddenly it's like, oh, 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 I'm going to apologize. No, you said what you said. You said what you said. You said, Rebecca, your wife gives you wings. Yeah. And then you took them wings and you flew yourself right into the wall. And now look where you found yourself. It looks like um, Rebecca's taking her wings back though, because he tweeted, um, I told Kevin Hart a while ago, he needed to acknowledge the pain of other people. Right now I have to do the same thing. I want to apologize for the comments I made. I realized there are a lot of black women hurt and let down by what I said and also by what I didn't say. Only now do you realize that black women were hurt. Who had to sit you down? Which dark skinned friend had to sit you down to explain? Because I know it wasn't Rebecca. I know it wasn't Rebecca and her light white and almost light bright and almost white self. I know it wasn't Rebecca that sat you down because Rebecca was encouraging you in your fuckery. She very much was doing that from from what you've described as far as I can see so who sat you and talked sense into you because somebody did and it wasn't your wife so he then went on to say um uh, where is it he says I hear you I respect you and understand you I am sorry and I'm here to support you I spoke from my own personal point of view without first taking into consideration someone else's experience I allowed disrespectful comments directed at me and my family to cause me to react angrily instead of responding thoughtfully this certainly caused more harm and it's my hope that I can amend any pain I've caused to those who were hurt by my words no 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 see this is what annoys me yeah let me just tell you what annoys me and this is why I feel like Terry Crews is starting to move like a pussyclart yeah what you're describing now is the backlash to when you went on tv and said the things that you said we're still not dealing with the fact that you went on tv initially and said that you've never experienced um, racism on the america's got talent set um, and it's the most diverse um, whatever whatever that you've worked in 20 years in entertainment where you're not focusing on that you're focusing on oh well the reason i tweeted what i tweeted is because um you know people were directing comments at me yeah they were directing comments at you because of what you said on tv so don't make it out like oh it just came out of the blue you moved mad and then the internet moved madder and then now look away you found yourself he then went on to say um Gabrielle Union, I want you to know it was never my intention to invalidate your experience, but that is what I did. I apologize. You have been through a lot in this business. And with that, I I empathize with the struggle toward fairness and equality in the workplace. You are a role model to the entire black community. And in my desire to be professionally neutral as your co-worker, I should have at the very least understood um, you just needed my support Sincerely Terry Crews Now what I appreciate about that Is that if you disrespect me in public I also expect you to come and apologise in public So he's done that um, That He's done that part When you say that you're trying to stay professionally neutral Did you not hear the words When your brain was formulating the words Did you not process it and be like Hey brain I think that that might be fucked I think I shouldn't say that Because you very much said it And that didn't sound professionally neutral at all And also to to remain neutral as you would call it Is also to take the side of the oppressor Because if you know as a black person And you know as a black man That fuckery like this happens Even if you have not seen it in that moment With your korokoro eyes You know things like this happen Why would you choose neutrality? Why? Why? Why would you want to just choose that? Why would you do that? So to me, that's even worse that you were like, oh, in my attempts to be professionally neutral, why were you trying to be professionally neutral in the first place? Because that's that's still just as bad. Like, so you were basically saying, oh, in my attempts to just remain silent, 
And who told us that when we remain silent, we've chosen the side of the oppressor. That's basically what you were trying to do, but you were using words. So therefore you weren't silent and you used the words the wrong way and you just made everything worse. So... Um, I know Dwayne Wade tweeted something like somebody should take Terry Cruz's phone away because I feel the same as Dwayne Wade. Like you're not going to move mad to my wife or about my wife like that. And then come with your nonsense apology on Twitter and then think that everything's done and the beef is squashed. Nah, I'm still beefing you. I still think you're a dickhead. So I no longer trust Terry Cruz, And it's rather sad because I really enjoyed Brooklyn Nine-Nine and I enjoy his character, Terry um, on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but nah, I can't, I can't, I can't fuck with this. I can't fuck with that kind of behavior because if this is what he's doing publicly, think of all of the black men, uh, black women, dark skinned black women that he's disrespected in private. No, I'm not with it. He can keep his apology. He can keep it like, we don't need it. We're, we're totally okay. The kids are going to be all right. Thanks so much. Woo. Okay. Now let's get into it. Let's get into straw of the week, AKA suck your mum. So my first straw of the week goes out to gym box because gym box, like many, many, um, gym places, they really don't respect women. And I don't know if I talked, I must've talked about it on the podcast ages and ages ago, or was that before I even started a podcast? When I was training my client at one of the gyms in my area, and um, so I'm training her and then one guy started making comments and I basically had to move wild and get everyone shook. And they basically locked themselves into the gym because I was being so wild because I'd stepped outside. But I just got tired of the fact that men really think that they are entitled to come and make comments um, at women when they're training at the gym. Like just because you have a penis does not mean that you know more about fitness than I do. Sit the fuck down and don't let your testosterone get you fucked up. So, um, anyway, what happened is one girl now or one, yeah, she was at the gym and this is what she wrote of her experience. So she wrote to gym box after her experience. And this is what she said. She said, dear, blah, 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 blah. I've been asked by the staff member. We complained to, um, to write, um, an account of what happened and send it to you. I attended the gym for the first time since signing up. I brought my friend Rosie with me on a guest pass as she knows what she's doing and I hoped it would make me feel more comfortable seeing as it was my first time at a gym in months. We've worked out in the room with the boxing cage and everything was going well. Rosie was even considering switching from her gym and signing up as she really liked it. We then went into the room with all of the cardio and weights machines. We asked a few, we used a few machines whilst we waited for the leg press to be free. When it was, we moved on to that. Rosie had completed one of her sets and was talking me through what to do as I went on to do my set. A man, your staff member, said he was called, uh, then approached us as um, uh, and asked how many sets we had left. Rosie told him I had three sets and she had two left. He responded with, if you're going to be taking that long between sets, I'll have to jump in. He then walked off and laughed to himself and made an underbreath comment about the weight we were using being light. I then said to Rosie, what's his problem? He then snapped around and looked over to us and said, what did you say? Tell me what you just said now. Rosie then said, she asked what your issue was to which he responded with whilst glaring at us. If you're laughing and smiling when you're doing legs, then you're not doing legs. Pathetic. 
To which Rosie told him to get a life and leave us alone, to which he responded, I have a life. He then proceeded to throw weights on the floor dramatically and huff and puff while staring at us and and lingering around us around the gym. To say this was my first time at this gym, um, the unfriendly, judgmental and aggressive attitudes have really put me off coming again. Rosie now does not want to join. So... I thought, okay, cool. This was Jim Box's response. They said, hi, Eleanor. Apologies, but I never got your first email. It is unfortunate you had such an experience in our gym. I've never had similar issues with members. I understand that was uh, that what was said was inappropriate and rude. I have been working in this gym for three years and I haven't had anyone complain about, mm. I will bring this up with my manager and have a discussion with him. From my personal point of view, It is an unfortunate situation where a guy was rude to you, but it could have happened anywhere. We are in a gym where testosterone levels are high, especially during workouts. This means that reactions to situations can be a bit extreme, especially for men. Please let me know if you need anything else from me. Now, I don't know uh, what Eleanor was planning to do with that information, um, Eleanor, I don't really feel, um, sorry for hundred percent because Helena, um, um, Eleanor, sorry, I keep calling her Helena. Eleanor, um, is a Tory, Tory staffer. So I don't feel sorry for her. So you can forget that aspect, but I'm just looking at this in terms of what it means generally. The gym box member looks like it was a woman or somebody, the gym box staff who responded, um, with that email. Uh, I says at the end, what do you need from me? What I need from you is for you to suck your mother, you fucking dickhead, you prick. Somebody's told you, regardless of whether they're a Tory, because you don't know that. But this woman has told you that she feels uncomfortable at the gym because of what this man has done. And then you're coming to now do internalized patriarchal princess and go, oh, but you know, men have testosterone and you know, oh, with their big balls, their big balls just swinging around. They sometimes they just gets heated up. You can't take it personally when they slap their dick on your face. I'm so sorry. Fuck off. Stop making excuses for the bad behavior of men. Women, I'm saying it again. Stop making excuses for the bad behavior of men. It's similar to what I said in my straw of the week, um, emergency straw of the week. Stop excusing fucked behavior from the men that you know. Oh, well, I haven't had anyone else complain about him. I don't give a shit if anyone else hasn't complained about him. Maybe they just didn't feel the need to speak up or maybe they're just genuinely not offended by that sort of behavior. But guess what? I am. And so because I am, let's deal with it in this regard. When they were laying it on thick with like, oh, now Jody or Rosie or Susie doesn't want to join and all of them things there. I get it, you know, at the studio from time to time. So I'm just like, yeah, don't join, go about your business. But that's based on you being late and me telling you you're not going to come in. And I'm never going to come back. Don't come back then. But this, in this situation, he moved mad. And the thing is, it could have gone so differently these women are doing their set. Also, why do you only have um, one leg press machine is also bothering me because if there was another one, why didn't homeboy go to the other one and go and jump in and do sets with other people? So you're basically telling me that gym box only has one leg press machine and I'm disgusted. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. And it's childish. Um, but let's say that there is only one leg press machine. Yeah. He could have walked up to them and been like, how many sets do you have left? Which he said, and they said, boom, homegirl's got three. I've got two left. 
all right, cool. So then he could have said, oh, do you mind if I jump in between your sets? Because that's what usually happens at the gym. Gym etiquette, if I'm on it, you're on it. All right, cool. Jump in between my sets and we do what we need to get done. It's fine. It's totally fine because I'm going to take rest periods anyway. So it's okay. But um, this one that he was just like, well, if you're going to take that long, I might just have to jump in. You might just have to back the fuck up. You might just have to back the fuck up. You're not going to tell me what you might just have to do. You're going to request and I might acquiesce. Remember that. Don't try me. And so that's what I thought in the first instance when he said that. And the whole interaction just sounded so stunted. Like, get a life. I have a life. Um, yeah. So I'm not paying too much attention to their, their actual interaction, but it just annoys me as a woman that loves the gym. Like I love the gym so much with all of my heart. Like I get so giddy when I get to go to the gym and bang weights. Like I love it so much. Um, I was talking to my partner about it the other day. Um, just how much it brings me joy to just be able to go gym. Like it's one of my favorite things. And I know how much I had to fight as a woman, as a black woman, um, to carve out a space for myself in the gym because men love to move mad. Men of every ethnicity love to move mad. They've only been coming to the gym for five minutes, but they want to tell you, you, that's actually a seasoned professional. They want to come and tell you how you should be doing things. And, oh, you know, you shouldn't lift weights because you don't want to get too muscular because you don't want to look like a man. You're, if you don't get the fuck out of my face, because I'll swear for you, I will swear for you now and you'll be shitting yourself uncontrollably for the next three years. Fuck off. So I know how hard I had to fight to carve a space for myself. So it really does annoy me when I see that other women aren't um, able to do that because of the domineering nature of the men that they encounter in these spaces. And I just think that Jim Box's um, response was absolutely vile because I got similar when I had to cuss that guy out when I was training my client and um, one of the staff, two of the staff, in fact, said to me, oh, it's really disappointing that you've had that experience. Yeah. Um, but please don't put us in the same boat as him. He's just done that. I was like, is he going to get his gym pass taken away? No, he's going to carry on or he might not come back. No, no, no. I want you to actively tell him not to come back. Not that he might just have a choice um, as to whether he does or doesn't. I don't want that. Cut a long story short, their gym is now closed down. And that's what happens when you um, mess around with me. Not that I had anything to do with it personally. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think gym box need to suck their mums um, because that is a vile, vile response to somebody's message. Um, they've told you what's happened and you're saying, well, other people haven't complained about this person. So you're now you're gaslighting the person that's telling you all of these things. And you're basically saying your reality is false. That's not what happened. And then you're now excusing that horrible behavior by saying, oh, but you you know, testosterone. What the fuck about testosterone? So what? Testosterone. Okay. I'll throw out hormones too. Serotonin, estrogen. Yeah. We can all throw out um, hormones. Keep hitting this mic. We can all throw out hormones. It doesn't mean any fucking thing. Yeah. Deal with the behavior and let them know that that behavior can't run, but you lot won't do it. Especially if you're thinking the guy's cute, you will just let them behave that way because you think that's the way that people should behave in gyms. It is not the gym I'm currently going to. Yeah. I've never seen a gym so uh, tidy. Um, everyone behaves themselves. It's even the same with my BJJ. Like, you know, I'm, 
I go to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, the current dojo that I go to, the energy is so respectful. It's so calm. And I'm just like, raw because the previous place I was going to, every day, gra, 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 gra. Like, you don't need that level of aggression. You don't. You don't. You you cultivate the culture that you want in your establishment. And gym box, you can do so much better because what you've just done there is some bullshit. Absolute bullshit. So you can go suck your mum's you dicks. And as for Eleanor, like, I'm really sorry that that happened to you, but you're also a Tory, so you can suck your mum's. Um, and then my next suck your mum, my, my final suck your mum anyway, goes out to the Department of Work and Pensions because they like to see people suffer. And I'm really, um, I'm just not with it. I think it's, um, I just think it's horrendous, absolutely horrendous. I'm just bringing up the um, piece now. So basically a man, a black man, a disabled black man, starved to death in his home because um, the Department of Work and Pensions cut his benefits. So his name was Errol Graham, 57, and he actually weighed 28.5 kg when he was found dead. 28.5 kg is what he weighed when they found him dead. That is horrendous. And it says here, um, MPs and campaigners have called for an independent inquiry after it emerged a disabled man with a long history of mental illness starved to death just months after welfare officials stopped his out of work and housing benefits. Errol Graham, a 57-year-old grandfather and in his younger days a keen amateur footballer, weighed just four and a half stone, 28.5 kg, when his emaciated body was discovered by bailiffs who had broken down his front door to evict him for non-payment of rent. I just want you to deep that. I just want you to take a moment and deep that, yeah? This is a disabled grandfather. He's a disabled 57-year-old man. Yeah. And the only reason you lot even fucking knew that he was dead was because you came and licked down his door. Bailiffs came to lick down his door to come and get rent that he hadn't paid. Like how fucked is this society? And this is the Tory government that you fucking dickheads went to go and vote for. This is what you voted for, for people to be treated in this way. Have you no human decency? Have you no heart? Have you no soul? What the fuck is wrong with you? This is what you want for people, for disabled people to to suffer in this way. Mad, mad. It says here, a coroner's report into the tragedy found that Graham, who suffered from severe social anxiety and had cut himself off from family and friends, had died of starvation. When he was found, his Nottingham flat had no gas or electricity supply. There was no food in the property apart from two tins of fish that were four years out of date. Graham's family this week blamed the Department for Work and Pensions for his death in June 2018, saying it should not have cut off the financial lifeline of a man it knew to be highly vulnerable he would still be alive he'd um be ill but he'd still be alive and his daughter-in-law um said his daughter-in-law Alison Turner the findings of an inquest into Graham's death um in June 2019 were brought to light by Turner via the independent website um, disability news service the inquest found that department for work and pensions and NHS staff had missed opportunities to save Graham the safety net that should surround vulnerable people like Errol in our society had holes within it said the coroner of course the um the net that should have saved him had holes in it because he's black He's a black disabled man. Of course, there's going to be holes. Of course, you're going to let him fall through the net and suffer in this way. And Errol, I hope that I pray that you have found peace and you're resting because this um, 
society of austerity or whatever the fuck they think they're doing. It really isn't it. It's some bullshit. It's an absolute bullshit. And I just wish that black people who had mental health, um, you know, challenges and issues and illnesses weren't criminalized. And, and that's just the vibe that I get from this. Like he's disabled, he has a, a mental um, illness and yet you're still expecting him to meet all of these demands of a society that is just fucked in and of itself. And it's so, so not fair. Like, and I just thought it absolutely vile. So department for work and pensions, like you lot can suck your mums because I don't know what you're doing with the funding that you get. I don't know how you're allocating these things to people, but what's happened here should never happen, should have never happened and should never happen again. Like black disabled people matter, disabled people matter, and you lot need to do the fuck better. It's not at the time that somebody has now been dead in their flat for however long and then you're licking down their door to come and get your money that you realize that, oh, you know, they're gone. Like, why would you cut off his um, finances? Why would you? Why would you cut off his benefits? Has he showed you any change? in circumstance no so why would you cut off the benefits what's wrong with you people why must you behave like this we've got loads of money for war but we haven't got money to support the vulnerable people in our society like what the actual fuck what the fuck so like i said department of work and pensions can go and suck their um, and their mothers and the council that even sent the nottingham council or whoever who sent the bailiffs around to go and get that money knowing that this man was disabled you can all go suck your mothers as well you dickhead you pricks so anyway i think that i'll leave it mm, i think i'll leave it there because this is going to be one long as fuck um episode i had a letter that i was going to read out but i think that that is enough so that's that for this week um thank you again to this um, episode sponsors and that's better help better than h-e-l-p so betterhelp.com you can use forward slash um, so that's betterhelp.com forward slash mind and you can get 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com uh, and try it out i mean you know, from the way that people move mad online, I feel like everybody would benefit from having access to, you know, these counsellors, these licensed counsellors that are online. I think that it will make um, a big, big difference. And to just remember that it's not a crisis line um, and it's not self-help. It's like literal counselling, like it's actual counselling. And as someone who's had various counsellors, I can attest to that. that it's actual counsellors um, and um, and it's brilliant. I'm loving it so far. I've been on there for two weeks now, two weeks now, and I'm really, really enjoying it. So big up yourselves, better help for sponsoring this episode. And thank you all for listening. I have been Kalechi Okafor. This has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right, suck your mum. And you can follow me on at Collection of Cough or at Say Your Mind Pod. Um, yeah, you can follow me on all of the things. And like I said, go and get yourself, get yourself registered, get yourself re- registered with the girls them at betterhelp.com forward slash mind. That's betterhelp, better H E L P dot com forward slash mind. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman, it's baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. So sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sipping yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.